0: Yo, my name is Sammy Torres Jr. And I'm here to inspire you to go bigger with your dreams and
1: goals so you can give bigger with your profits. Welcome to the Go Big to Give Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. Wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. Before we get started today though, this is a quick reminder that we are launching our Go Big to Give Big membership. If you are looking to get around people that are more excited about talking about the impact they are making in this world more than the cars they are buying, then you're going to want to go check out go big to get com to get more information and join the most philanthropic group of entrepreneurs out there. Now back to the show. All right. I'm so fired up to welcome my good friend today, Sammy Torres Jr. Thanks for coming on the show, dude. Man, thanks for having me. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. We've come to know each other pretty well over the past maybe six months or so. And really excited about some of the initiatives you're bringing forward, the charity that you're creating, why you're doing it. And also overall, you're just like an amazing entrepreneur, uh, big visionary thinker, and and just do a lot of really great stuff. So uh, I'm excited to bring that forward for everyone today. But on a cliff notes, I'd love for you to start a little bit and share about a little bit of your transition of going from, you know, being in the Coast Guard, what got you into there and then switching over to the real estate space. Just give us kind of the background on who Sammy is before we jump into baseball face cares. Man, Randy, I think it's an honor to be hanging out with you and talking to you in such a way. I mean,
0: we've been really just hammered out for 6 months and to to be able to introduce myself is awesome. So, but I was fortunate enough to like grow up in North Texas. My whole life was full of sports and kind of adventure and Sports was always my thing. To answer your question, I kind of struck back a little bit before that. When I got out of high school, I just started a, a real job and I worked at a bank. So I kind of learned my financial literacy there and had an opportunity to eventually promote in that. And then I was asked like the real question: like, is this, is this really what I want to do? There wasn't a whole lot of adventure in the sense of like what I was seeking. The Coast Guard to me was always something on my mind. My family's from Puerto Rico. The air station was right there. I'd always see the helicopters fly over. So it was always in my raz, if you will. And when I was faced with the question of like what I want to do with my life, I was like more adventure. So I signed up for the Coast Guard, you know, and to fast forward that career, the front end of my career, you know, there's just like this divine force that's kind of guiding. And sure enough, there it was. I landed my very first duty station ever was in Puerto Rico. So oh, like cool. to have that full circle was super cool. So I recruited out of Dallas and then I landed in Puerto Rico. Serving the Coast Guard was awesome, especially in aviation. It was just such a for-purpose, so much adventure. It was like it was literally, I loved my job every single day of it. It was super exciting. Did that for 13 years and found my opportunity when I was actually serving as a recruiter in the same office that I recruited out of in Texas. So I was faced with like this highway, and then I saw this exit, and it was like opportunity. And I would be the first in my family to venture off in the entrepreneurial world. So the support was there, but it wasn't like, yeah, you're going to make it, man. No worries. Like you got this. It was more like, are you sure you're going to give up those things? There's a lot of benefits to having something secure and then going into the entrepreneurial journey. And just by kind of taking that leap, I don't know, it's kind of like the path, the price you have to pay and entering that. And you know, it was really hard. It's transitioning out. You know, I had a real estate background through my mentors that I actually met through the financial banks that I worked at. That I still have friends to today. So that's how that kind of all ties into now. And I started getting into real estate investing. Really started primarily flipping land, doing all these things. I had since separated from the Coast Guard. Now we're living back in Texas. My wife and my wife were from the same town, so it's like we're back home, right? I started doing this, but there's several challenges that you face with just leaving the military and having that standard structure, and you have that camaraderie, and you have like there's. You know, I loved what I did. There wasn't a whole lot of thinking involved. I just showed up and did what I was told, you know, and then and it was fun to do it. So when I joined the entrepreneurial world, I, you know, all of a sudden I started, <laughs> it was the roller coaster effect that you enter into, right? <laughs> but where it ended up taking me was I started doing pretty well with my wife in real estate. My wife is a realtor. I was uh, doing land flipping, like I said. Then we started getting to land developing, but then there wasn't like that purpose factor, like something was missing. Like it wasn't like I wasn't fired up to come and do it, you know, and like land's great. But then I also have this part where it's like, I'm a hippie in the background. Like, I don't want to like touch the <laughs> land. I'm like, let's sell the land and let's put, let's make it beautiful. But anyway, I guess where I'm kind of going to is that I started needing, like I started feeling that purpose, that lack of purpose. And in a personal note, it, it literally, it was a very, very tough year for me transitioning out of military. Very tough. I mean, I hit my rock bottom in that year, my rock bottom in the way I saw myself and the way my business operated and the way I wasn't getting any paychecks. And it really tested who I was and my character and what we were going to do. And, you know, my father had always been there in the background with sports. We'd always done baseball growing up. He's fortunate to play professional baseball back in the 70s and the 80s. So he's since had like some kind of baseball instruction business, if you will. But it's really always developed around youth development. And when I got out, I was like, kind of retired out of the military, starting my new career. This this man's still throwing baseballs, like <laughs> like, like on his millionth baseball. And that's when we really started to say like, hey, there's something bigger here. You've got to have the opportunity my father. There's yeah. just like this spirit behind him that I can't replicate. Okay. I couldn't go be his coach and you know, follow the footsteps in that side. But I was like, how do we capture the legacy of this piece? There's so much purpose in this. So when that purpose was kind of missing, you know that reconnection with my father and figuring out a way to help these kids we ended up formulating that nonprofit called baseball face cares that actually furnishes sports equipment to all these underprivileged areas and all these nations and we pretty much use the transformative power of baseball to bring joy to kids all around the world
1: that's so good dude and and i'm so excited to share more about this as we get deeper into the the podcast but for people that are listening you know, they want to make that transition. They've gotten out of maybe their job and they're getting into a new business and they're feeling that little bit of unfulfillment and some of the struggles they're going through. How did you get past some of the maybe depression you were facing coming out of that? The struggles you face as an entrepreneur, you know, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur until you actually have to be one. And it it looks so sexy and great until you realize how hard it actually is and getting punched in the face every day and just having to manage it. You know, what were some of the things that you did that allowed you to start recognizing like, hey, you know what? I can get away from this. I do enjoy the working my own life. I enjoy the entrepreneur world. What were some of the instances that, that you were able to put into place there?
0: That's a really good question. You know, I think that, you know, proximity is power. And with that said, it's like, for me, it was just being around the right people. People that understand you, people that believe in you. And I understand that not everyone has that. I was fortunate to have mentors that were in the real estate space that guided me kind of into, you know, education. And, you know, there was a lot I had to go learn on my own and there was a lot of testing moments of my own. But when I found myself running out of fuel, I, I just had somebody there, you know, carrying me through, you know, my wife's awesome. She's like my best friend. So I had her immediately to my side. But then, you know, she'll probably tell you, she'll be the first one to tell you that like you hang out with each other every day. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you got to hear things from somebody else. So I had that. Yeah. And, you know, when I left the military, like I, there's so much camaraderie in there, right? Especially in aviation, like we're a crew of four, like it's super intimate, like trust and loyalty and vulnerability and exposure and all that's necessary. So I think that kind of translated into where I was at now is like, if you have the strength to be vulnerable, there's plenty of people that'll listen to you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're. You're betting against yourself, right? No one else is going to stop you. Like you're there, but that piece of being around people and being in the right room or you got to kind of analyze what is it that you want first? Where I started with my very first step was I stopped because I had all these ideas and I was like trying to think how I could get that transition. I just stopped. And someone told me, he's like, hey, man, paint your vision. Like sit down at a computer Write down your vision. No, no rules, no finances involved, nothing. Like, if it could be yours, what is it? And start typing. What does it look like? What does it smell like? Like, what does it feel like? Mm-hmm. Like, who's there? And I started doing that first. And I was like, all right. Now, who in my life and who in my circle, life looks like that? And then I started hanging out more intentionally with those people. And then sharing what it is exactly I want to do, not keeping what your goals and your ambitions are to yourself. Yeah. But the biggest piece know-
1: is people. Yeah. And I love that about you. And I know you made an investment early on to uh, get around some amazing humans. What do you think the power is of investing in yourself? You know, I think that's one of the biggest things I ever did. And something that I attest to is, you know, the fact that I spent a lot of money on my personal development and growth in the early stages of my life or the early stages of my entrepreneurial career. Allowed me to become the person I am today and get to where I am because of the connections I grew and and just learning from people who had already been there and done that. So, how significant was being a part of that group that you paid to be a part of or investing in yourself?
0: Yeah, it's like it's like the universal law that's unbreakable that like you reap what you sow. Again, I I attribute I a lot of my reflection to the military because that's where I mean that's where half my life <laughs> I spent half my life <laughs> and that's where the half the life I'm learning to kind of think differently from. But I guess really it's when you put your power in someone else's hands, you're limited to that. And at the end of the day, it's your choice to do that. But the second that you take the power into your own hands and you invest into your own self, and that's the idea of like betting on your own self, like the thing is, no one is going to truly stop you. Your mind might think so. You might have these saboteurs and these things that kind of want to keep you in, but no one can stop you, but you. So the second that you kind of, it's just the act of doing, I think. The the very first initial act of investing in yourself, whether it's a course that you want to do, whether it's a retreat that you want to do, whether it's something educational, you buy a, it does not matter. Anything, you buy an audible subscription. That is an investment Mm -hmm. in yourself, right? And just the simple act of doing opens a doorway. And that doorway is going to leave, you know, several doors behind it.
1: That's amazing bro. I love that and and I just love that you were willing to invest in yourself and bet on yourself and take that risk to go there. So let's continue the story here so you you know you left the Coast Guard and, and military and you've gone into real estate investing and you're having some success but you're riding the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and then all of a sudden you want to find some more purpose in life and you decide to create this really cool organization called Baseball Face Cares what made the jump and transition, right? It sounds like it's like a lot of ups and downs and changes and stuff, but it all sounds like it's all decisions that are progressing yourself forward as the best version of Sammy, right? And I know this nonprofit is a a portion of that. So walk us through what that transition now from, hey, I loved real estate, but my passion's somewhere else and it lights me up.
0: Really what it was for me is when I stopped trying to create my life. And I just allowed my life to just go in that flow. Like the way I see it is like, you know, for so long, I've been trying to make my own path when all you have to do is really just have the energy to blow up your own float, hop in the water and just go with the flow, you know, and that flow is what I give the credit to as far as like, you know, guiding us to this opportunity. I mean, this, that question almost intertwines with the personal fabric of my own life and my own relationship with my own parents. And, I had a great relationship with my parents growing up, you know, and my father, I have a great relationship with, but there's also things that you understand as a kid, like, whoa, like they're totally actually a human being. And you start realizing these takeaways that you take from them. But what ended up happening was I was in a point in my life where my father and I both needed to come together in another like level of trust, understanding, and like, just like belief in more, right? I don't know how to explain it outside of that, but there was just like this gift opportunity to band with my father, who I've been best friends with my whole life and fortunate to have that, but to take it to another level. And guided into that, what I noticed was I saw this man who was, he'd just retired. He worked for the city for like 30 something years and he retired. And this man, like he's just got this heart of gold. I, I did not know that at the time that he was literally taking chunks of his retirement and he was buying pieces of baseball equipment and sending them to these areas that needed help. But at the time that I intercepted my father, he's like, bro, I'm hurting. I can't sustain this anymore. And he has such a big heart that like he felt more people like, oh my God, this is great. He almost felt like the need to go more into it. It was just the weave. It just came together. And I was like, whoa, here's the moment. I was like, dad, if we want to change the world, we got to figure out a way to pay for it. And this ain't it. So that's really where the blend came was like, let's just figure out like how we can do that. Let's create an organization that's meant for that on purpose and bring these people in that align with that and see how far yeah. it goes
1: that's so special i've met your father he is one of the most genuine humans i've ever met as soon as you get on a call with him you're like he's just one of those puerto rican guys that just wants to pour his heart and soul into you and i remember saying you know we're gonna get a few hundred dollars in donations and he just starts going like oh thank you so much you mean so much to me and we just met and it was like so amazing so, what is baseball face cares? You and your dad decide to uh, go out and create this nonprofit now and, and make a bigger impact. And instead of your dad just, you know, funding it secretly from his retirement, going public with it and saying, hey, we're going to raise some money and we're going to go change some lives. So, what is baseball face cares?
0: Joy. <laughs> just straight joy.
1: I could sit here and I can still tell you
0: what our mission statement is, but baseball face cares is joy. Joy for kids. Uh, kids get to be kids. I mean, that's our. That's what we say. So they can play, you know, baseball face cares started out when my father noticed in Venezuela, there was a family, there's actually a whole full family that needed equipment. Right. And it's kind of like this concept where you're in this remote, desolate place, baseball field's empty, you know, there's not enough opportunity. Some sports, you know how it goes. It's just like, it's just not full of life. There's, There's joy doesn't live there at that degree. And this man sends all this equipment over there, and I'm talking like there's abuelitas, like the grandmothers that don't leave the house ever, that've been praying their whole life. That came. This is what they come out for. And there was a whole, there was a whole fiesta. There, there's like there were people in the stands, and people were playing with baseballs, and like it was just that's what it is. It's joy. So baseball face cares got intentional with the idea of what happens when you can provide resources to an area that doesn't have it, right? So money's not the solution here. There's no resource. There's no there's no sporting goods store that you could they could go and supply themselves with. Yeah. So the idea is baseball face cares packages either used equipment or we could purchase new equipment. We build these sport kits for these children. And we're very intentional with these sports kits. And we put them in these boxes and we send them over. And then the box opens and it's just joy. And we can do that anywhere. And we've been doing it in five countries now.
1: I got goosebumps too. This makes you so excited. Yeah, um, man. I get pumped. Yeah, I go, I get fired up yeah. when we talk about this. And and I just love it because it's, you know, kids and sports has always been something that I've been passionate about. I've always supported an organization called Kids Sport Victoria, where it helps put kids through organized sports. But you start to think like, oh, putting kids through sport is huge, but you're not just putting kids through sport. You're just giving them sport. You know, they you sent me a bunch of photos and videos and it's kids that are, you know, using cardboard as gloves. And so for the audience listening, it's like, Visualize a kid on a completely like, you know, dirt field with a cardboard glove passing a rock back and forth or a brick or something. And then all of a sudden you open a box and you get a baseball glove and a baseball. Walk me through, Sammy, some of the like, some of the moments that you've had where you, you are sending these kids the stuff and you get the video messages back. What does that mean to you as you're building hmm. this charity and you see so the direct impact? You know, this isn't something where you donate to Red Cross and you never hear about it again or, right. or what's it's, actually happening. It's like, like it's like you're, you're providing transparency. This, yeah. It's direct, dude. You're getting videos from the people that are getting these boxes in places that don't even have baseball gloves. So cool.
0: We live in a time, man, where you can get on WhatsApp or you can get on one of these and you can talk to someone in the, across the world, like. That blows my, it to this day, anytime I get a text message from Uganda, Venezuela, Cuba, I'm just like, I'm talking to Cuba right now. Like, that's insane. <laughs> the accessibility is just what makes it so special because it makes it so intimate and so personalized at this moment. But you know what's a funny thing? Anytime I get a video like that, you know the, I don't know why my mind thinks this way, but for some reason, I'm like, oh, I wonder what it smells like. Like, think about it. Like, I know what a new baseball smells like. I know what a brand new baseball glove smells like yeah if you like leather like half the probably the population does it smells delicious like you just want to sleep with it and that's what yeah. they get to do it's like the box opens up and there's like 50 leather gloves and there's a hundred baseballs like that it's got a smell think about how that just connects with their memory and the joy that that brings so you know to be able to get these videos it's just like it, it pumps me up and you know, I we sent this package to this coach, and he said something that just like it struck me because you asked me what is baseball face cares, and you know, as you develop a nonprofit, you have this vision of what you want it to do, but then it just transforms in what it's meant to be. And this coach said, he goes, "Sammy, this has put hope in front of these kids, and these kids that we're helping in Uganda, they're all orphans. So, this guy, the coach, is 26 years old. He played." Japan, professional baseball, has some skill from Uganda, representing Uganda. Uganda's trying to get a lot bigger in baseball. And this guy, 26 years old, and he's, he's like, he has right now under his care 18 orphans that he brings to the baseball field in return to get them off the streets, to get them out of drugs, to get them out of like prostitution. Like, there's just so much harshness in that world that is not for a kid. So when you put something like a box there, all of a sudden these kids actually get to be kids, and they get to have hope in front of them? Come on, bro. Let's go. We're ready to blow this thing up.
1: Oh, dude, anyone that's listening right now has to be like, how do I help? Like, this is like, come on. Like, you're helping kids get joy and hope and baseball equipment It's so amazing. I want to touch on quickly one particular person that you've been able to help quite a bit, make some waves in the world. And, you know, you. You were able to to support them and get them to come over to America and play in you know the MLB draft league and stuff. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Kazumba and and how this whole story unfolded? And for people that are listening, this story is so powerful. It made the like, Sports Center. It's been all over the news. It's wild. So share us the whole story of how Kazumba came to be a part of your life and then what you guys were able to do for him. Man, I'm fired up. I'm just like this is like
0: my favorite part about anything and it gets even cooler when people know who Kazumba Dennis is. Kazumba Dennis is a Ugandan African baseball player that when we met him two and a half years ago was not 18. So he was not yet an adult. Had a dream of playing major league baseball. So in life, we're presented with opportunity and we're presented with the amount of effort that we want to give that opportunity. But not everyone has the the opportunity, but they have the effort, right? And then vice versa. This kid is the guy that's literally playing with a cardboard glove, throwing rocks. He's in a 55-gallon metal drum with like rubber bands full of water. Like he's using resistance training. And the, the kid's work ethics is insane, right? And he's under this instruction of Coach Wafula, which is like the coach that's kind of doing like putting all these guys together. But he really sees a lot of talent in Kazumba. Well, Kazumba uses the power of social media and connectivity like we were just talking about. So he goes on there and starts making all these incredible work ethic videos with nothing. I mean, the guys like you'd have to see it. Just go look Kazumba Dennis up on Google. There's so much out there. It's like like water
1: jugs on either end of a stick, jumping up and down, and like being tied to the ground, trying to pop up to throw. He's a base. He's a catcher, and so he's like tied to the ground, trying to jump up with like rope, and it's insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, these guys, are they're like whittling bats with wood and like and little makeshift knives so that they have bats. It's like the opportunity is not stopping them. They are, in fact, creating the opportunity, right? So he creates this opportunity and he starts reaching out to every social media page that he probably can. Like this guy is like on every page posting every day and he gets the attention of people along the way. I can't say that we're the only people he got attention with. We were so fortunate to be able to collaborate within that team. So we got to, Kazuma reaches out to my father and it is incredibly difficult to get baseball equipment to Uganda. Very expensive, right? So we end up sponsoring him along the way so that he can focus on his studies and meals while he's able to stay on the field and play baseball, right? So that gives him his focus. While meantime, he's working with all these other individuals, right? And I mean, we're talking attorneys, the writer from the LA Times, we're now we're getting, I mean, we can go, there's this whole gamut of people helping, but what's so incredibly cool is that this kid is starts going viral in the process of this. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, bring this guy over here. Bring this guy over here. And he is showing people that he can create that opportunity. And he's representing his country. Well, he ends up having trouble getting into the United States for, for the government reasons. But then the sports writer starts. Come. All these people start, okay, well, who's going to make it happen? Eventually, the doors come open. The MLB says, come on. We're going to invite you to our MLB draft league. So after two and a half years, we got to actually go meet Kazumba in person, right? And that guy's my brother. Like, I don't have a brother. I'm an only child. And we've actually had a very intimate conversation that we are adopted in that sense. We're like, he is forever my brother. And he comes over here and he just debuts. And I got to watch this guy play in front of thousands of people, and I got to see hundreds of kids every night want to talk about Kazumba. And it's not like they just heard of Kazumba. They knew about Kazumba. They knew the reasons of Kazumba and what he represented. And I saw the impact that this guy has. So he got the opportunity to play here. We got the opportunity to go do a lot of first things, right? Like we got to go to the movies for the first time. We got to experience so many things to where he did that. But now Kazumba is back in Uganda, right? So the idea is how do we take such an opportunity like that now that you've brought awareness back to your community, how can we pour into your community there and help influence
1: change from the inside out versus just from the outside in all the time? Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. And you got to imagine now those kids that watched Kazumba go and, and be able to play in an American league. Like, that's got to be a dream for these kids that, you know, were throwing rocks around. And to prove that you can get there, and now you're actually getting equipment to these kids, and they can actually start training properly, and the hope is there. you got to think that there's going to be more and more kids that are going to try and replicate what Kazumba did. He really broke a lot of barriers to get to where he is, and I think that's one of the most special things about what you guys are doing, is that not only are you teamed up with people like Kazumba, where they can give those kids the hope, but you're giving them the equipment to actually make it real. You are like- hey, I want you kids to come over here and play. We're going to send you the equipment. You're going to get the the balls and the gloves and all the equipment you need. So the only thing stopping you from coming to America and playing baseball or anywhere you want is yourself. Exactly. And And it's
0: just that same concept of when someone can pioneer that and then it's been done once, well, now the like the compounding effect of what that creates, you know, in these communities, it's just it's so profound man to see a kid from uganda throwing rocks on with cardboard all the way to like i'm sitting in the stands while espn is sitting right next to me and SportsCenter center sitting right next to me filming this guy as the highlight of the series of this game i'm like dude tell me tell me it doesn't work
1: well, I hope <laughs> that. tell me it doesn't that work is, that is amazing one of the things that i wanted to to touch on you know some of the good stories but Running a nonprofit is hard. Nonprofits are non-profitable, and one of the things that you mentioned to me is just how you know reverse engineering go big to get big is a new way that you're kind of looking at taking the approach to this nonprofit instead of being that typical nonprofit that just tries to make a few hundred dollars and and get everything in the door and then get a few people to donate a few hundred dollars and ten and twenty dollars like that makes a little bit of impact, but that's not how you go make massive change. And you're massive; everything you do is big. So explain to me a little bit about how you're going to reverse go big, to give big, to support the nonprofit. So other people can be inspired to do the same.
0: Man, the fact that you're even asking that question is proof to investing in yourself because the contact to for us to be connected in the first place required a very significant investment in myself to even begin with. But that investment accelerated me to a position where it's like, oh, let me introduce you to Randy. And I was like, I'm fired up to see this Randy guy. And then when you and I started talking, I was just blown away, right? Because you have this this concept that anyone that sits down and shows up for is just like, let's go. Let's like, let's change the way we do things in the world. You know, like I think Margaret Reed said, it's like, it just takes a group of thoughtful citizens to change the world, right? Like, and that's, this is what it is. So being able to have coming into this space as a nonprofit, Right. And then learning about what you do, it took me a second to realize that, wait, 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 you don't necessarily do it for nonprofit and, or work for nonprofit in the other sense. You, you help businesses collaborate with nonprofit. So I was like, hold on a second. You mean we get to reverse engineer go big, go big to give big starting now? And that was such an awesome opportunity to see how that works. Because you're right, as a charity, it takes a lot of work. You know, I, I'm in the entrepreneurial space, so I had that entrepreneurial visionary mind. I, we could go expand this, but we sometimes we just have to focus on what we have to do. And, you know, there's the traditional forward-facing parts of nonprofits and charity work. And that's always required and always there, and it's necessary. But then there's like the strategic partnerships that when people and businesses align with something that you're doing that can help fund you on a predictable basis... I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, sometimes it could be monthly, sometimes it be bi-monthly, but regardless, it's the idea that there is predictable income coming in so we can literally go change the world. So I'm not worried about every day, how am I gonna go raise $10,000 here? How am I gonna go raise $4,000 here? But the focus can be on the mission to where we can expand this thing. And there's so many businesses that love having a giving element and giving component to them. So it's really just finding the businesses and the people that this speaks to right? Like, do you like sports? Do you like seeing kids smile? Do you like opportunities for others? If this aligns with you, just like you and just like me and and, and so many others like ourselves, like we're master networkers and introducers. So it's like, if there's any introductions out there that could be beneficial, that's where we start really making big change. Because now we're having the real conversations, like how can we change the world with the component that you offer to all these businesses?
1: Yeah. So to sum that up, because I love it so much, is essentially like instead of going on just asking the public for donations, you're going to all these businesses and saying, hey, let's partner. Let's collaborate. Let's use, you know, the stories of Kazumba and what we're doing and these photographs and videos from all these kids from the equipment we're getting. Let's partner with you so that every time you do deals, every time you make money, you work with us and we go buy the sporting equipment, and I send you videos like it sounds like it's just, a, again, a, a different way of trying to build your organization instead of trying to get door knocking and getting $10 donations. You go and find businesses and convince them that you're a good partnership and that if they want to add giving components to their businesses, you're the people that they want to choose.
0: Exactly. There's a whole demographic of people that want to give. They just don't know how to give. And a lot of these people love baseball and sports. Yeah. You know, I mean, baseball season's ending, right? So all around the nation... There's, you know, all the way from select $10,000 a season baseball teams to recreational baseball that are outgrowing equipment and doing these different concepts. So that's an option right there. But inside of that is like how many of these parents that have, that are fortunate to be able to put their kids through such an opportunity, how many of these parents did they knew there was an opportunity that like, oh, wait a second, you're saying that if I sign up for this team, or maybe the team gets involved, that $100 from every sign up can go to fund a baseball kit? Or maybe when my group of real estate investors that, you know, have several doors that, you know, I mean, you know, there's some of these investors that we have the, you know, that there's so many opportunities to where it's like, what if it's $5 a door, a dollar a door, a quarter a door, based on those relationships that you create. And then now it, again, it produces that predictability. So then it gives us true scalability. Because the idea is, as business owners, we understand that we're not trying to run, a well, at least the way we're working, we are trying to change the way we run nonprofits. Right? Mm-hmm. We are really trying to put like the business strategy into that idea. It's like we're a business that needs to live. We want to live. And that's the way we do it is by making these strategic partnerships.
1: I love it, bro. And that's why you're going to be so successful in everything you're doing and and why I just am so excited to to partner and align myself with you guys and and be involved. And we've worked on some of our giving initiatives to incorporate baseball face cares so that when people want to consult with us and hear what we have to say. They have to make a donation to places like Baseball Face Cares before they can get in the door with us. And it's just so cool to be able to align with an organization that I believe so much in. And you know, we've talked a lot about your story, but your dad as well has a very incredible story. And anyone that I've made the introduction to sends me a message saying that man is just full of heart. That's just all he is. So to take your dad, his story, have you step in, take your entrepreneurial mind and build this incredible organization, I think is going to be massive. So as we wrap up a little bit of the show here, one of the questions we like to ask all of our guests is just to brag on yourself for a minute and share about a favorite moment of giving that still gives you goosebumps when you think of it.
0: It's like, I don't even have to think that hard. I just, it's like, it really was like such a, it was like such an emotional moment. It was at a time where, you know, I was in the military for a while. We were single military income. That was kind of like the moment where we realized that we wanted to start working for more and, and we didn't have a whole lot. And we, my wife and I went out to breakfast and I we went to this IHOP and there was this, there's this, our, our waitress was just working. She was just like the best, Right. And she kind of shared a little bit of our story as we were just because we had our kids and we were talking about our kids and whatever. And like she was just a hardworking mom, three jobs, everything. But when she went, my wife and I looked at each other and like, let's give her a hundred bucks. Now, a hundred bucks back then, dude, that's that could be I don't even know. We didn't have a hundred bucks. And I remember giving her that $100 and we walked away and we didn't even like intentionally want to see her reaction. We wanted to get away, but it just so happened to be that where we were parked, when we went to the parking lot, Uh you could see our table and we saw her reaction. And like through the glass of IHOP, we see this mom cry. And I was just like, man, dude, like the secret to life is giving, dude. It just Uh is like if you give if you find yourself in the dumps, you find yourself in the, like where I was at bottom, like any, everyone has these challenges, man. But if you find the opportunity to give, especially in a time where you might not think you can, that's what I think really fueled the passion behind what we're doing in the first place. I think it's what, like I got to experience that. Not only that, I got to experience that with like my favorite person on earth, right? With a decision that we made together. So like coming into a community like this, I'm like, Give me more of that all day.
1: Absolutely. Buy your happiness. (laughs) I love it, man. I love it, dude. We're going to jump to our giving round now. Just some rapid fire questions about giving. Do it. You ready for them? Roll. Amazing, bro. Brag on one person in baseball face cares that's had a big impact for you.
0: Man, there's this one guy. His name is Randy Mullen. And he sat down with me for seriously... Like, I know it sounds funny to say, but like, I'm just going to be honest, man, because I say this to everybody else, right? This dude sits down with me and gets fired up, right? Like, picture it. Picture my, I mean, you've learned, you've heard us long enough to be like, we get sit in the same room. And it's like, there's just something about people that believe in you, right? And I've got, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of those people in this, but there's just something about believing, holding me accountable, moving us forward. It was just, Absolutely incredible being able to work with you, man, from a nonprofit perspective. I'm just telling you, like it is so cool to be able to bring that value that you're bringing here, but to bring it back, like, man, dude like get out of here, dude. it's It's just amazing to work with such a giving community as a nonprofit and all those other things.
1: So, sorry, man.
0: I had to give it on to you.
1: I, I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> that. What would get you more excited, making a million-dollar donation or spending a week physically helping others? Oh, man, a week.
0: Yeah. A week physically helping others? I don't know, man. I, you know why? Because I could go do it right now. Yeah. I don't think about it. I don't do it. I could go spend a week helping others, and if I was fortunate enough to have a million dollars, I could go help another area for a million dollars, so I'll double up.
1: Amazing, bro. Who inspires you with their giving? Good question.
0: There is a gentleman named Andrew Lee. And that gentleman has inspired me just by how much he gives of himself, how much he gives of his time. He's been my mentor. He was actually my manager at the bank. When I first started and is still to this day, he was an initial, let's call it a donation investor in in Baseball Face Cares. And that guy has just, he just gives his heart to everybody. And I just, man, he just inspires me every day.
1: Amazing. Do you think for businesses, they should start giving from the day that they start their business or wait till they've had some success and have a little bit of their financial woes under control before they start giving back?
0: Man, you can try to fight the
1: universe, but there's just something
0: about starting right away. It doesn't matter if it's 10 cents. I mean, it's literally like that, dude. If it's a quarter, it's a dollar, whatever, give right away. It comes back right away.
1: What's the first thing you think of when you hear go big to give big? Let's go, baby. Fired up. Like, I don't even
0: (laughs) like, I'm just kind of like, I'm one of those people that you tell me something's going down. Like, let's go. We'll learn along the way. There's, if I trust you already and I already know you, like, just let's go. That's how I get. I just get fired up when I hear it, man. (laughs) I love it.
1: In one word, describe the feeling you get when you give. Joy. 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 I knew you were going to pick that one, bro. Joy,
0: baby. Bold, underlined, and
1: italicized, dude. Joy. I love it. The final question that we have for you, my friend, is do you believe that money can buy you happiness?
0: Yeah. hundred bucks bought me. It just paid for the belief that, wow, it just proved the concept just right there. And then being able to do it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely can. It's just about how you look at it.
1: Absolutely, bro. That is special. Well, I'm I'm fired up. I'm so excited to see where you take this organization, what you're able to do, the people you're being able to help. And I really appreciate you coming in and just sharing this with our audience and and leaving them inspired and excited to go work in whatever organizations they want to work in. But how can people find out more about what you're doing, in particular with Baseball Face Cares, or get more in touch with yourself?
0: Hey, I'm going to make it easy. I just found the absolute power of LinkedIn, like LinkedIn, Sammy Torres, Jr., S-A-M-M-Y, Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S, and then Jr. I got a cowboy hat because I represent Texas in my picture, but there's just so many for purpose individuals on that platform. And you you can find us on Facebook. You can find us online at www.baseballfacecares.org.org.
1: Amazing, dude. Well, I'm excited. I hope people reach out to you and connect with you and learn more about Kazumba and what you've been able to do and your organization and everything going on. And just want to thank you for joining us and inspiring us to go bigger with our dreams and goals so we can give bigger with our profits, bro. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of Go Big to Get Big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can. And it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. And until the next episode, remember, always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit.